Welcome to the Great Lakes Golf Podcast. This is Hunter Pulaski alongside Brad Burkaw. We are brought to you by Reed Furniture. Whatever your furniture need, it is Reed indeed. In this week's episode, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, the event shortened to 54 holes. We will break that all down. Live Golf has their first event of the year with uh, three-hole playoff. We'll talk about that. YouTube Golf is taking over the universe on all levels. We will break that down. Tiger Woods playing as playing. What was his tweet? He was playing host. What the heck? What it? it was whatever. It was host playing, playing host. Yes. Yes. Yep. And so that is coming up next week at the Genesis. Uh, very excited about that. And his clothing line possibly dropping on February 12th. Waste Management Phoenix Open, one of the best events of the year, back to a full field event given the sunlight. Uh, so not quite full field, but more than they had last year. And then we will also talk about uh, my golf trip to Charleston over the past uh, four or five days. But first, Brad, pretty ironic. PGA Tour, small field, 54-hole event. Did you see Brandel Chambly getting all triggered on Twitter uh, these past couple of days about people making that tweet? <laughs> he's like, he's like, it's, it's disingenuous for people to make that connection. He he just makes it too easy. <laughs> he I, if there is ever a merge, which we'll get into at some point, I don't know what he's going to do. He's going to be put in a tough spot. He might ha- he might have to retire. That might, that might be all she wrote for Brandel. I think you just got to pack it in. I mean, your hand is forced. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what he would do. Uh, I, I would not. Uh, I, I am not envious of the the situation or the position that he has put himself in uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, he has definitely. Uh, he is willing to die on this hill, which I commend him for that. I suppose, but. Uh, he, he's definitely taken a strong stance, uh, but definitely not taking anything away from Wyndham Clark picking up his third victory after a amazing 60 on Saturday, <clears throat> down by six going into what ended up being the final round. He makes, oh boy, I believe it was nine, nine birdies, an eagle. Nope, nine birdies, two eagles, and a bogey. Does that uh, does that equal? 12? Nine birdies, an eagle, and a bogey. Bogey that'd be ten under. So he had two eagles. Yes, he had two eagles. Yep. Okay, so that does check out. So uh, obviously, uh, fantastic round. The wind, the wind, and the rain died down for for one day, and he took absolutely full advantage of it. Um, some of those pictures from Pebble Beach over the weekend were crazy. They got pummeled. Oh yeah, the weather was horrific. I can't imagine being an amateur in that event. You're out there. You're, I mean, you are. I imagine a lot of those guys that are playing in that event have played Pebble Beach. But if you hadn't, I mean, talk about just a, a tough first time, first go around the block, and then the one day it clears up, they're off the course. Yeah, they were definitely um, 
throwing them to the wolves out there. Uh, absolutely. Uh, without a doubt. Any, and I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm by no means a weatherman. I've never claimed to be. Um, but a mix of just like the Pell Beach being, being a very hard golf course, the the not a ton of daylight, the, the bad conditions, I know it is, it's kind of part of the California swing at this time of year, and it's been here forever. I just, at some point, you got to wonder, should we should we consider moving this event around? I don't know. I don't know when, but this happens very regularly where it's either a, it doesn't, not necessarily where it's a 54-hole event. I think that's only happened, I want to say this is the fourth or fifth time this has happened in the, the AT&T Pell Beach Pro-Am's history, but it going to a Monday finish is, happens, uh, just happened last year. So, definitely. Yeah, like I know it's it's strange because, you know, you almost wonder if they could maybe swap it with like the Florida, like with a bit of the Florida swing. But after this, they're going to be, obviously they have um, the Genesis, which is another California event, but then they go to Mexico. And um, so I, I don't know. I feel like the only thing that would make sense would be like swapping Florida but I don't know, maybe does Florida, is Florida going to offer better potential for, for weather? But then you're also, you know, you have the players, which plays into the Florida swing. So I don't know. Yeah, it's just, it might just be a tricky spot that I think, I mean, it's it's fun golf to watch. Uh, I imagine those guys are, are absolutely miserable out there, but uh, it should be fun golf to watch. And then just just closing out the rest of that leaderboard, uh, Ludovic Gobert finished at 16 under to finish in second. Uh, Matthew Pavan continues to play very well uh, over the last two weeks. He finished at 15 under par. Matthew Hubbard finished at uh, or Mark Hubbard rather finished at 15, 14 under par. Uh, Thomas Detry finished at 14. Sky Scheffler just continues to be near the top of the leaderboard no matter the situation. He finished T6 alongside Justin Thomas, Tom Hoagie, and Jason Day. All at 13 under par. And then one more name that I actually like this week that, uh, and one of the reasons why is because he finished 10th place this week is Sam Burns. Uh, he has some good course history at this event. But, uh, oh, one more question uh, in regards to the Pell Beach Pro Am and Wyndham Clark shooting a 60 court new course record by two. How much. Is that diluted by the fact it was lifkley in place? Oh man. And I don't know what the record books say. I think the record books still give it to him. But I think it's kind of crazy that they, they that they do give it to him. You play what's in front of you. Yeah, oh absolutely. I mean nothing. I mean I don't take it definitely uh refuse to take anything away from, from Wyndham Clark's round. I mean, that's a insane round. He had full control of his golf ball, but I think especially out there, wet, rough, it is very nice to be able to place your golf ball. That is a, yes. that is a very nice thing when it happens, um, and I think it makes such a difference, especially around the greens. It does not seem like he had many set, many situations where he was worried about being around the greens on Saturday, but still, I, I just it, I think it makes a difference. I don't know if it makes over a two shot difference. I would be hard pressed to say it doesn't, but 
I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think anybody would agree that if I gave you two shots where you have to hit a wedge onto the green, even if you don't have to hit it over a bunker or anything, just a straight, straightforward pitch shot onto the green. I give you two shots, one that's lift clean in place, fluffed up nice, and another one that you you know, that you hit into the rough and it's buried. I think anybody's going to take the the fluffed up option um, to your point around the green. That's, I see that as being probably the biggest um, benefactor of the lift clean in place rule. I feel like when you have an iron shot out of the rough, you can oftentimes muscle it out of there, but it's once you have to start getting a little bit of touch, you lose a lot of that when you have to try to power something up through the rough. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would agree. I think there's some merit to that and that, you know, lift clean in place definitely played a factor into helping him score a little bit lower. Yeah. And it's not to, and it's, <clears throat> it's kind of, it's kind of a tricky one because he just like, he just went and lapped the field darn near. So it's not like it's, it's, he played, he played phenomenal the, from start to finish at Pebble beach to shoot 60. It's like, it's hard to even say, um, regardless of, of what he was able to do with his golf ball. Um, because I think it goes back to he had he had that much control of his golf ball, lift clean in place. Unless he's unless it just he was getting mud balls, it's really I don't think was that much of a difference for him in that that particular round. He definitely had some, yeah. he had hit an up and down when he made that bogey, save bogey for an up and down. Uh, that was very, Where he very putted good. off the green. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that he, he got an advantage from lift clean in place, but I think it's also fair to say that he probably still would have won if it wasn't. I mean, he was just playing lights out. Yeah. So just when you think just when you think he might uh he might slip away a little bit into the sunset, <laughs> he, he there's talks of live golf. He did not play well at the um the first couple events of the year and he's just right back right back in the mix again. Uh so Hats off, hats off to Wyndham Clark's ability just to just to kind of ride under the radar at all times. Very, yeah, I, so uh, just real quick on Wyndham Clark, I gotta I gotta give my hats off to him because I I truly appreciate his. He's just a very like transparent person. He seems very, I don't know, just very like real. Mm-hmm. And uh, every time he's asked a question, he just gives a very straightforward answer. And I just really appreciate the attitude that he takes towards the game he's really grown on me as a player i'll say at first i wasn't a huge fan but um he's uh he's really grown on me since that u.s open win yeah no i, I think uh i'm not sure it's not verbatim by any means it's but essentially um and i don't know if it was from this most recent and he's he's echoed echoed it over the last few interviews where it's like when he finally stopped stopped trying to copy somebody or try stop trying to and he just started to just go out there and do it. Um, I think that speaks volumes in this game. I mean, there, there are so much, there's, there are so many times when you have the chance to copycat, just to copy something and try to do something that your body, especially for us, we're watching guys that are just miles and miles more athletic than, than we are. So to, to think that we can do these exact things, it's probably not, Probably not the smartest idea. I feel like we're gonna hurt ourselves. I mean, I try to imagine trying to get to like why, why watching like Joaquin Neiman, Joaquin Neiman this weekend. Crazy to see him, like how much he flexes his body. At oh man, 
he is the epitome of like he in, like he dips his body in his in his swing mm -hmm. like you'll hear people say like keep your head steady that man dips down and engages like and snaps in a way that is yeah that my body hurts watching him do that absolutely uh and then just a little little update on the fedex cup standings uh with matthew vaughn's second place finish followed after his first place finish two weeks ago he is currently in first place chris kirk in second place Wyndham Clark moves all the way up to third place. Ben on in fourth still, and Sky Scheffler moves up to fifth. So things kind of starting to shake out a little bit to more what you would uh, what you would expect to see. Uh, usually only do top five, but I think it is worth mentioning uh, Ludwig Ludwig in seventh or rather sixth place. Guy is just uh, an absolute monster and, and easily could have put himself in a position or did put himself in a position to win this weekend and just kind of got kind of got screwed by the weather to not to not see how see how it would have panned out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, that is uh, that is golf. That's yeah. I mean, it's just it's the nature of the game. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, I don't really have a ton else, uh, on the 18 tip, 18 tip, AT&T Pell Beach program, just with, with me being gone. Um, I was able to watch a little bit, but not, not an overly large amount. Let's yeah, talk. that's about all I had. I got to watch most of, uh, Saturday. Um, Wyndham was just tearing it up. It was fun to watch. It really was. Yeah. I mean, I, I, just looking at the the leaderboard on in round three, the, the next closest guy to him, Jason Day shot nine, which in um, all respect is an absolute fantastic fantastic round out there. Um, Hubbard got to seven, but outside of that, it was a lot of like fives, even less than that. So, yeah, very very impressive. Um, it's insane how low these guys can go very regularly. I mean that's Pebble Beach, not an easy golf course. Not supposed to be. It's, it's Pebble Beach in bad conditions. Yeah. So, but speaking of easy golf courses, let's talk about Live Golf. Live Golf has has started their season at Mayakoba. It is it is in the books. Uh, Joaquin Neiman is victorious uh, in the first event of the year. Some takeaways that i had um these golf courses are set up so easy and, and it, it shows with some of the guys like um neiman shot 59 and it's like not even i'm like okay i'm like okay it's like it's, it's that's a good round but it feels it feels a little cheap I guess is is it's resort golf course. These fairways are huge, and if they happen to miss these fairways, there's no rough to speak of. I mean, I feel like they're putting these pins in the most birdieable spot, which I don't blame them. I feel like I feel like if I was trying to start an upstart tour, and and trying to convince everyone that my my tour was was full of uh, elite golfers, I would make the golf course seem like everyone on that golf course was an elite golfer. 
Yeah, and it's interesting to see like the discrepancy in scores with Neiman um, winning in a playoff at 12 under, and then you've got guys finishing at the bottom of the leaderboard at like 11 over and 14 over, which you'd expect that in like a cut event on tour, but at a no-cut event with an easy course, it's uh, it kind of dilutes the quality of their product. Like you've got, I don't know, maybe the top, top 10 guys that really posted decent scores. And then outside of that, you had a lot of guys hovering around par, or just below par. So I, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I'm looking at the, the leaderboard is actually just really bad. <laughs> and I don't know how Neiman just came out blazing and then, and then couldn't do anything. And then and just, nobody just, could catch him. Yeah. Just for reference, the, when this event was at Mayakoba in 2020, I think it was 2020, on the PGA Tour. Excuse me. Uh, 2020, 2021, rather. November of 2021. I think this was the same golf course. Let me just make sure. So I don't... Is it the one that Hovland won? Yes. Let me just make sure this is the same. My point, where, my point was going to be, yes, so same golf course. Um, PJ Tour, the cut was four under par. Winner winner was 23 under par. Uh, Carlos Ortiz at 19, 18, 17, 16, 16, 15, 15. I mean, that, that's tough for Liv. That those, there is, you had to, if you, if you shot what Neiman shot, you finished T22 on the PGA tour, obviously a, a whole nother round of golf to play. So there is some factors there, but some discrepancies obviously between, between the, when the PGA tour is here and, and when live is here now. And I don't know. Cause it does seem like they're the, the top part of live is mucho better than what it was. It just is, but yeah, there, there I mean, is I still think the, that's without, still the backside without a doubt. That is the backside of it does not look great, and we're kind of seeing that right now. Like the fact that the high flyers shot over par as a team, I guess so did the Majestics also shot four over par as a team in the first round, when another team is thirteen under par. Yeah, that's quite the discrepancy. Uh, I would say, I would say, I would say it is. Uh, some other notables from the um, Live Golf event. John Rahm mentioned he was quoted saying something like how much he misses playing in the PGA Tour. I don't really have I don't really have time for that. I think I feel like John Rahm, John Rahm might have got played really bad in this this whole situation. I feel like John Ron was told that they were they were a week away from from merging. And he was expecting to be able to play in maybe not like necessarily I guess he probably was expecting to be able to play in this event this week. Nope. Yeah. Nope. 
Yeah, tough. Kind of a, I mean, I I know that if you expand the quote out, he goes on to say, like, I don't regret my decision, yada, 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 yada. But I mean, if you're going to say like, oh, I, you know, I'm going to miss playing in this event. It's close to my house. You know, I hope to play in it in the future. Like, it's it just, you made a decision and, you know, the decision that you made was to go there. And if, if it merges, it merges. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it'd be like, it'd be like, I'm trying to think of even a comparison. I'm trying to think of like professional sports, but I guess it wouldn't be a great example. But can you imagine a professional athlete on like a basketball team requesting a trade and then saying like, well, I hope I can play with them again someday. <laughs> like, it's just, I don't know. Maybe that's not the, the right comparison, but it just, it's weird. I don't know. It's not far off. I mean, it would, it would essentially, yeah, it would be like a, be like an athlete demanding, not request, like demanding, like I need essentially like, uh, um, saying he won't play until he's traded, and then and then after he's traded, and and it's what seems I mean not amicably, but it seems like seems like the the team, which is the PGA Tour, was like okay, what I mean he can't can't stop you, sort of thing, and now he's asking or saying like oh I wish I could play in this event, sort of thing. It's like well, it just goes back to like how much money do you really need? And he just better hope that he wins one of these majors. And I do think I do think they'll get that figured out. They have to, because I because I am still very 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 strongly in the camp that if they don't let these players play, they're just not majors. They're they're oh, yes. they're invitation yeah. they're invitationals at that point. Um, like PGA Tour invitationals, just to find out who's the best player on the PGA Tour. But you can't, you simply just cannot tell me John Rahm can't play. He's he's an exception because he has he has five years now um and even even like dj is coming up here bryson is coming up here where they're just gonna run out of time and that's that's gonna make me like sick to my stomach if guys like that maybe bryson bryson's kind of hit or miss but like dustin johnson's a staple he won quite literally every single year on the pga tour for x number of years it was it was dozens dozen of years long long time guys like that you just can't brooks kepka you can't not have him in majors he's once again he's fine for a while now but cam uh, smith yeah cam smith another great example how it would just feel it would feel very wrong if if those guys aren't playing in at least the four majors i'm, I'm okay with the pj tour being a little being stuck up and and saying you can't play with us that's fine. That's whatever. But the majors is just a whole different ballgame. Yeah. I mean, I, I hold, I definitely agree. They got to figure out point system or whatever, because obviously there's, there's also, I think playing devil's advocate, there's players that play on the live league that like have no business being a part of a major. And so it comes up to a weighted, like a weighting issue of where you've got a smaller field for live you have great players at the top who are who are capable of winning, um, who are, you know, not receiving the benefit of points. But then you also can't give the bottom guys on the live tour the same amount of points as you know the guys towards the middle of the pack on the PGA tour because the product is just not nearly the same. So I don't have the answers, but yeah, they got to get it, it. Just really the top. I mean, call it the top. Call it the top ten. 
top 10 to 15 guys in the live, everybody else can kind of kick rocks. Yeah, I, I would actually, I would go, I would say you could keep it at 10 max. Like the rest of these guys made their bed, but we'll just, these next guy on the list here, like Caleb Surratt is 19 years old. He is, he's an absolute stud. Like a guy like that has, he has no way of getting into the majors, but he just like, he passes, he passes the eye test. Like, I don't think uh, Joaquin Neiman has a path because they've been talking about that. He doesn't have a path to the majors. Um, he's a guy that I absolutely think should be in, in a major. He's better than the worst guy in the major field. Like, John Rahm, I would almost say there's only, there's only, like, five guys that I would go to bat for that say, like, they need to be in. Like, I would say John Rahm, Kepka, Terrell Hatton, Cam Smith, and Dustin Johnson is Dustin Johnson and, and and then Joaquin, I guess. So that means that's six. The rest, I think they have to figure out a way to get in, but those guys just have to be in. They've they've just they've earned it. I know they've I know they've signed and they've done every they've they've went to the live tour and that's that, but they just have to be in or it's just not the majors. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh on the note of, of Caleb Surratt, uh, funny story, them checking in their Las Vegas hotels this week and him being 19 years old, just not being able to check in. <clears throat> and Terrell Hatton has to come over there and sign for him or put his put his ID down for Carol, Caleb. I mean, what a life he is living. He just split <clears throat> he just split three million dollars with with four people. Uh, and then he also, I mean, he played he played well on individual level too. He finished. Uh, yeah, thirteenth place. So, nineteen years old, taking home a million dollars over three days. Not too bad. Yeah, I mean, God, the kid was just at uh, in college at University of Tennessee. Just signed on with Live like a week ago uh, to be on John Rahm's team. So, yeah, what a what a change of events for him to be in Vegas, trying to check into a hotel room. Yeah, I don't uh I'm trying my darndest to figure out. So they are doing it this week. This week typically it's Friday through Sunday. They are doing I didn't think they'd want to compete against Super Bowl. They are doing a February 8th, so it starts Thursday and Saturday. It is in Las Vegas. This golf course they're playing in Las Vegas, Las Vegas Country Club seems like there might be five fifty nines this week, so if you like to see birdies, you you've come to the right place. This seems like they're just gonna t- they're just gonna tear this golf course apart. Uh, <clears throat> it is kind of I mean I, I don't I'm not gonna knock them for getting getting an event in Las Vegas during Super Bowl week is pretty wild. Like there there's many people out there I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean there there'll be people there. That's for sure. Will they, they go to their event is the question. Giving away tickets. Um, I did see, and and I'm just pulling this out of my out of uh, a hat here. I think you can pay to play in this event. Um, yeah, I, I did see that. So there's the it's uh, like ten grand, and you can pay to be uh to play in this event with them. I wasn't sure. I thought it was just for the pro am, maybe. So, live golf fans given chance to play with stars in Las Vegas, but it will come at a cost. 
um, to secure a spot in, oh yeah, this week's Pro-Am event at Las Vegas Country Club. So not this exact event, but still involved with this week. Uh, 10 grand and you could go out there and play with them. <laughs> yeah, I bet you, yeah, it's probably happening, right? Uh, as we, well, probably not quite. Actually, yeah, it's three o'clock. Yeah, as we speak. Yeah, pretty, uh, they're just trying to make money any way they can. Uh, not like they I mean, need it, but I'm sure people will pay that. Oh, yeah, there'll be some some rich dudes who will pay that for sure. So uh, we do have to, uh, Brad sent me a tweet last night. What was Oh, so Pebble Beach numbers from from Sports TV ratings on x.com. Pebble Beach on Saturday had 1.951 million viewers. Live Golf on Saturday on CW had 168,000 and Live Golf Sunday CW had 432,000 viewers, which everyone just ripped them to shreds and then live golf insider which you mentioned troll account i'm pretty sure this is like if it it might be a troll account but it has a lot of i'm going to confirm the number of followers but they just because they have like youtube and cw and their their online presence they just say just a remarkably high number no matter what the what what is reported they said that they had how many what did i say that that what did i sent you the oh draws this they think they had three million viewers across all platforms uh which is just laughable i don't think that's anywhere close to true but i do i i like i live for these updates that are just, that are, have so much discrepancy between what what Liv thinks it is and then just what it probably is. Well, <clears throat> what's very funny about that is if that is the case, I believe that would have made it the most watched event, sporting event of the weekend, more so than the Duke North Carolina basketball game on ESPN. <laughs> also more than the Lakers and the Knicks. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. As a, a, I, I just, yeah, no, there's no way. Nope. I love golf, but I'm not going to go out there and say that it's going to get more viewers than Duke North Carolina. No, no, probably not. Probably not. So I um I I and I I don't think I watched it. I did not watch it this week, but that was probably mostly because I was on on that trip. I I would have a I'd be surprised if I didn't watch this week at least a little bit. I know it's going up against the waste management, but I'll, I'll at least tune in to see what's going on. I hear people hate the music. The music is really is driving people nuts online. Yeah, it's a bit loud. Which seems like if they're if they're paying billions of dollars, uh, they would be able to somehow turn off the music for the TV side of things. Still working out the kinks. They're Work gonna, in progress. They're gonna get it dialed in though. They will get it dialed in. Uh, speaking of of live golf events, um, tonight, NBC. Sports and Good Good Golf partner to present Good Good Desert Open 
presented by Golf Galaxy, and that is in Tempe, Arizona. It's live on Peacock and YouTube February 7th tonight at 10.15 Eastern. That is going to take forever. I didn't even think about that until right now. Uh, so this is uh, YouTube golf is is what they're doing right now. Is It's shocking to watch. I don't know if – did we just start watching YouTube golf at the perfect time or was everyone always watching YouTube golf and we just – we weren't? So I've thought about this funny enough. I think – and I, I think it, it's probably obvious to say, but YouTube golf was just – it blew up in COVID. I remember going on YouTube and like watching Rick Shields videos before COVID, but not like the way that I watch YouTube videos now. It was more so I would, I would go searching for a specific video to watch. Like, Oh, I want to watch an instructional video on putting. And then I just knew that I liked Rick Shields videos. Now it's more so like people like follow along with their story. Like you, you tune in when they drop videos and like, so I think it was just this product of, during COVID, so many people took the opportunity to create these these golf YouTube channels, and then they had the time to set it up where you could repeatedly put out like like series. I think series are more popular now, whereas YouTube golf in the past was like, here's an instructional video on how to hit a driver. Yeah, and that's what that's what Rick Shields originally was, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like his old videos, I I distinctly remember. Uh, when I moved to Colorado watching like a Rick Shields video on putting and yeah, that's exactly, he'd just be like, this is how you should set up. This is how you should hold the putter. These are the tip, you know, this, 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 and that. Whereas now it's more so like, watch us go out and play. We're going to do different styles of golf throughout, you know, you know what I'm talking getting at, but yeah, um, that to me, I think has been the biggest change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is, so this is this, the good, good desert open. Is live starting at 9 p.m. Eastern on Good Goods YouTube channel, and then it will transition exclusively to Peacock at 10:15 for the second half of the 14-hole event. So something that's uh, never been done before, and the field is like crazy good. Uh, so obviously Garrett Clark, Garrett Clark's playing, uh, Stevens playing, Matt Matt Sharp's playing, Sharp's playing, uh, <clears throat> Johnny Manziel. Nade shot, Ryan Sheckler, uh, Michael Block, Wesley Bryan. Didn't you say that Grant's playing? Yep, I saw Grant's uh, playing with um, Garrett. My understanding is it's a partner event. It's a team event. Okay. I yeah, think. I believe that is true. I just don't have confirmation of that, but I, I do think that is the case. So uh, yeah. overall, and then got the Barstool aspect too. So Trent, Trent and Frank here playing. Uh, Riggs and Francis are doing on-course reporting alongside Blair O'Neill from the Golf Channel. Uh, George Savarankis is calling the event alongside uh, the once uh, very famous, still famous, uh, Andres, Andres um, Gonzalez, which will be very exciting. So like golfer is mic'd up. Golf cart cams, drone footage. Uh, very excited to see how they put it all together. Um, so that should be a a great time, kind of as we're we are in, we're getting darn close to the dog days of winter. Outside of yes, college basketball and I guess hockey is picking up here. But. This is um for me. You say dog days of winter. This is when the you start getting that itch. 
right? And every year it gets, it's last year I got it way early. I remember sending you videos and stuff of me reading um what's his name's book in like November last year. I got the itch real early, but this is usually around the time when the itch starts to happen and you just get that hankering of wanting to play golf. Yeah, Mac and I played last we went to the range last night outside. It was 35 degrees. Uh we're having a couple days here. We'll go back he wants to go back today and tomorrow. It's supposed to be 45, 45 today and 50 tomorrow almost. Um, dude, crazy what is happening to Michigan winners. I feel like I, I'm, I'm like telling anybody that will listen, but I don't I don't get it. I do get it. I, I mean, I think, uh, think it's probably everyone knows what it is, but it's just crazy that <clears throat> what we're like, how quickly it feels like it's happening. I swear there was not that long ago where there was just snow all the time. It's just not the case anymore. No, pretty soon we'll be playing golf year round here in Michigan. I, dude, I, there is, I've, within 20 years, I think Springbrook will be a year round course. It could be. That's, mark my words. Check, check back. February 7th of, of 2044. We'll have an answer. We're playing golf. Bookmark that. Yep. Yep. Put on the records. So uh, very excited for that event tonight. Give us something to watch. Um, Tiger Woods playing at the Genesis Invitational in two weeks, or I guess kind of a week now um, after the waste management. And then he he's getting into the cryptic cryptic tweet game. Uh, Brad mentioned so he he I saw the picture. I just didn't really didn't really look at it that closely. We we believe that that will be his potentially be his clothing line dropping on the twelfth, or at least a. Um, an introduction to me. We'll learn more about his clothing line on the 12th. Yeah, that's the way I, t- I mean, I guess I don't know what else it could be. Maybe he's going to live. Ooh. Could be that. I but, uh, but all signs, all signs point towards the, the clothing line. Yep. I do love the, um, for those of you who have not seen the picture, it's a tweet that he posted um, last or yesterday morning. And it's just a picture of his face. <laughs> like, he really didn't give us a lot, but uh, yeah. No, he doesn't, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need no, to do that. No, he doesn't need to. You're right. All right. Let's let's uh, let's move on to the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Back to a, a full field event, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, from being a previously last year a Signature event with 80 players. We are back to, to 132. Um, same golf course. And for the first time, for the last time, I guess for the first time this year, or first time in three or four events, we are playing the same golf course over all four days, um, which is nice just to be able to to track things. Feels like feels like a lot of those courses, the secondary courses, don't have shot link, uh, don't have the necessary stats to, to kind of tell the whole story. Um, so that, that is nice. Um, so like I said, field of 132, uh, we will cut to low 65 after 36 holes. TPC Scottsdale, still the same 7,261 yard par 71. Um, I love this golf course simply because of how green it is. It is just in, in retrospect to, or in comparison to just the, the, contour right next to it it just looks and especially we just we just talked about it getting the itch 
being in the cold, dreary northern Michigan or in Michigan in general, that green grass looks very nice. Yeah, it just makes you want, I mean, just makes you want to go and travel to either Arizona or Florida desperately. As we, although we've had some sun here, but usually we're just staring out at the clouds. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so relatively large greens, pretty receptive, overseeded Bermuda, overseeded Bermuda. Uh, surface is always right around a 12. Um, obviously the, the very famous 16th hole. I don't, do you, do you, uh, are you a fan of the 16th hole? Yeah. I mean, I'd say, yes, I think that. For this event, it works. It's good to have. Um, I would. I wouldn't like it if it was at like every core, every event, but I think it works here. Yeah, that's that's uh, that that post that question was posed on Twitter this past week. Do it was. Do you like it? Which I think a lot of people definitely like it. And then would you like it? I would like it if it wasn't at every event, but I'd be okay if if a couple more of these holes popped up um, across the PJ Tour schedule. I think it's fun. I don't really, and it seems like the players, for the most part, really like it. Um, I'm failing to remember. I do think they, it's kind of tricky because they're still loud when they're hitting, right? They're not like, um, they're not like shouting right in their backswing, but I swear they're still like cheering. Right, I don't think they like, like are requiring them to be as quiet as they normally do. Yeah. So but. I, I, I do think it, it works out really well with the just Super Bowl week it just kind of feels like a little bit of a party and and that's that's fun and all maybe a couple other stops i think it's in moderation i think yeah no i think that there's there's some value there you could certainly tie some tournaments around if you really want to increase engagement and like you said the the pros seem like they like these events have one of these kind in kind of each region of the country and try to align them with, you know, maybe like holidays. Like the thing that comes to mind is the Rocket Mortgage is always on like right around Fourth of July weekend. And so, you know, maybe you could let that one get a little bit more, a little more rowdy. But allowing, because it's just hard because this is in Arizona, and it's, you know, if you live anywhere in the Midwest, the East Coast, it's it's a big travel to for you to get there. So opening up to more regions i guess accessibility yeah absolutely you mentioned it players like it I, I i mean i think that that is very true based off of the field list and then compare that field list to many other of the the non-signature events uh this is really good even with a couple of wds so so victor hovland has wd potentially going to live that was just kidding he's not going to live i think he just <laughs> he uh he has been playing not anywhere near where uh he was last year and I think he just needed a week off. And the the PJ Tour, I feel like the PJ Tour didn't cancel Monday until way too late. Like I feel like we could have, they could have maybe foreseen that a little bit better. So I think the very much creature, creatures of habit just kind of got thrown off by by the travel changes. So him and uh, Xander Schauffele both have WD. Uh, Victor makes sense. Um, I think Xander is nursing a little bit of an injury, but he has some very good success here, so he must be um, in a little bit of pain if he is choosing not to play here. He was T3rd two years ago um, and T3rd three years ago. So 
Uh, we we will miss them, but still a a very very strong leaderboard. Number one player in the world, Sky Scheffler, looking to win for the third consecutive year. Uh, not sure who's supposed to tell him that he's not going to do that because that feels feels like he's just back to the same old Scotty. So I would expect him to play well. I love Justin Thomas this week. Justin Thomas is is knocking on that doorstep, and he wants in. Gotta let, gotta yeah. Let him. Yeah, he's uh I mean he's said it recently, but he is very close to getting another win. And really not a better place to do it. He's uh definitely horse for course here. T fourth last year, um, and T third in twenty twenty. So he has some reason to be hopeful uh this week. I'm excited to excited to watch him play. Um outside of that I um I really like Sam Burns, who I mentioned in when doing AT&T Pell Beach. He had a solo tenth at Pell Beach. Um he has all of his rounds in twenty twenty four under par. Uh six appearance here, T six last year, so has some course history. Um I feel like he's right on the doorstep as well. Any names that they really jump off the page to you. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I really like Justin this week. I think this is the perfect environment for him. Um, so he's a name I'll keep an eye on. Hard to not like Scotty. I mean, obviously, if you win back to back, you are the favorite for a reason. Um, I think maybe uh, you mentioned Sam Burns. I like him. I do like Jordan Spieth this week. He's had, you know really solid history here. Um, and I know you're going to just probably laugh when I say this name, but I like Sahit the Gala. I do. I like Sahit the Gala. He did not play lights out here last year. However, the year prior he did finish in a T3. Um, so he's a name I'd keep an eye on. I don't know if I would take him out right, but I'd be curious to see what value he would bring for a finishing position. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, another name. Um, I did have one other. Sorry, real Go quick. Ahead. I had yeah. one other name, um, and I'm trying to find him on here because I wanted to see. I wasn't certain that he was going to play this week, and I don't think he is. Uh, and that was Jason Day. I don't believe he is. Did, is he on the – is he on the uh, – I don't see him on here, so I don't think he's playing this week. If he was, though, I would like him. Yeah, he he um, he has some core success here, and obviously he's just playing some some really solid golf right now. I'm not entirely sure why he is taking the week off, but I have to assume he is. I'm just double checking really quick. Yeah, I'm also hopping on the Google. Uh, um, speaking of of odds and field, let me quickly run through the odds board. So we'll just do outrights. Uh, Sky Scheffler continues to go um, to depths on Noen on the odds board. He's at four fifth or four and a half to one. You got to go all the way up to ten to one to get to Justin Thomas. Max Homa alongside Jordan Spieth at eighteen to one. Sam Burns at twenty to one. Wyndham Clark at twenty eight to one. Wyndham Clark is a resident in Scottsdale, so that is worth mentioning. Maybe see him play some good golf. Uh, ben on at twenty eight to one. 
I told you they are protecting against this guy. Um, he is, I want to say he is five for five here making the cut, um, which is after a two-year. Yeah, so he is five for five here overall with a scoring average of 68.6. Uh, he has not played here in a couple of years due to status, but um, he was a 54-hole leader in 2017 in his debut. So I expect Ben to play well. Um, Sung J.M. at 30-1 to 1 alongside Minwoo Lee, who's a podcast favorite. Matt Fitzpatrick at 33-1 to 1 alongside, or actually, yep, at 33-1. to 1. JT Poston at 35. Sahith, who we mentioned at 40, alongside Tom Kim, Cameron Young, Hideki Matsuyama, and then we'll wrap it up at 45-1 to 1 with Eric Cole. So those are that's forty five and one and below. Now we kind of mentioned who we who we like on that list. Um, another name that just above Ben on is uh, Sung J M. Uh, he has a pair of top tens here and a T seventeen scoring average of sixty eight point three eight. So uh, obviously some course history to back up. Just fairly solid. Really, really solid golfer has has been struggling the last couple of weeks, but expecting to bounce back. Any other uh, any other notable names? No, I think that was uh, those are all the the ones that I had on my list. Decent. Okay. Well, let's uh, we'll finish it up. I'll do a quick little um, Charleston golf trip recap. So it changed. It changed slightly. Um, we ended up not playing one of the courses, but still played around on Monday. So Tuesday, or rather Thursday, when I got there, I flew in at ten forty-five, and we were on the first tee at Charleston Country Club of Charleston by twelve ten. Um, that place was awesome. I mentioned Seth Rayner design. And keep in mind, all these courses were dormant, so I feel like we lost. I lost like a little bit of the visual that you would have got, but they still all played. They don't. They didn't look very pretty, but the conditions were still really, really good across um, pretty much all the golf courses that we played. Uh, Seth Rayner design. He made this place like really looks like nothing. Did a great job with it. The green complexes are wild. I sent a picture to Brad. Uh, one of these greens was like a, a straight up horseshoe. If you were in the front right. And the pin was back left. You, I don't know what you would have done. I think you would have had to like putt it and just hopefully the slopes took it. Uh, that place was awesome. I actually got to play play with like the Bill Murray, uh, which was a very very cool experience. Um, kind of everything that I had in my head was was very accurate. So that was Thursday, Friday. Well, hold go, hold go on. Ahead. I think we gotta we gotta unpack the Bill Murray thing a little bit. You can't just say, Oh, I played golf with Bill Murray. We got to, there's, there's, I have, I have questions. How was he? Was he a good golfer? Was he funny? Um, did you ride in the cart with him? I, I, I need a, we need a little bit more detail there. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I did not ride with him. He was the perfect amount of funny. We're like, he wasn't trying to make a joke after like every swing. Or anything like that, but he he picked his moments where he was, he, and he was very fun to be around. I would I wouldn't say, I think we we might have played him back one tee further than what he typically would play. So 
but his short game was amazing. Like very, very, he had a very, very solid short game. He missed his, he would miss his driver and his irons a little bit right uh, at times, but no. So uh, the way we got connected, um, Evan, who's the clubhouse manager at the at Bayview, Bill was up here for a wedding this past summer at Bayview, uh, and Evan must have mentioned that he would be in Charleston in late January, early February. And so they got each other, they exchanged numbers. And I guess Evan texted him like two weeks ago and said, Hey, we're playing country club of Charleston on Thursday at 1210. If you'd like to join. And he never responded. So Evan went and found a fourth. And then like we were five minutes from teeing off and Bill Murray's bag like, shows up on the cart. And Evan gets a text from Bill saying he's here. So the fourth, <laughs> so the fourth had to go home. Feel bad for the fourth, uh, who I've never met before, but I feel bad for him. So that is how Bill Murray ended up playing golf with, uh, with us. Well, that is, um, that is a once in a lifetime experience. So he must, does he live there? He must live in Charleston. Is that? Yes. Yeah. He, uh, he's okay. building a house and he is a member at, uh, Yemen, Yemen's hall or Yemen hall, which is a very, uh, nice and ritzy place down there. And I'm quickly, so I found, I saw another cool thing that I, I don't think I've told you. Uh, I saw my first ever green jacket in person. So they wow. have, um, and I'm finding his name right now. So his name was Henry Picard, who was the head pro there from trying to find the exact years. It was sometime in like the early 30s. So he was the head pro there for nine or 10 years. Then he ended up going on to win the Masters in 1938 and the PGA Championship in 1939. Oh, here it is. Henry came to the club as an assistant pro in 1925, later became the head pro in 1934, and then he won the Masters in 1938. I believe it's one of only two. If if the head pro's name was Matt, director of golf, he was telling us about it. One of only two green jackets that are not at Augusta. One of one of them's at the Golf Hall of Fame, and the other one is there. So wow. pr- pretty uh pretty cool to see. Um, so that was some some very rich rich history. Definitely. Wow. Yeah, that is uh that is pretty interesting. Um, on the the Bill Murray thing, I I was can't help but kind of laugh. I feel like if you talk to like any grandpa or dad ever, they have like their one, they're like claim to fame. That's going to be like your, your claim to fame. Now you already have it is that you played golf with Bill Murray. Yeah, I know. I, I texted you guys and I was like, this, this won't quite quite get them going. And then I like had to fire it off to like my uncle and like guys that are older and they were like head over heels. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, anybody who grew up like, so I love Bill Murray just because I've always been a fan of SNL and, um, but yeah, SNL is obviously not what it used to be back in his day, but all of those guys who grew up watching him on SNL and then obviously Caddyshack and all the other movies, uh, yeah, were probably green with envious rage. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then one more, oh, I just had it. Um, I had one more note on country club with charleston which might come back to me at some point uh but overall that was that was a awesome course um 
I really, really enjoyed it. Kind of, kind of, it was one of the courses, one of those courses you could play every day and, and not get sick of it. Everything was really close, very walkable. Um, I feel like that was the course that was, had the littlest to work with that became the best, if that makes sense. Just kind of a small plot of land. Um, but he really did a fantastic job with, uh, with that property and with that golf course. Green complexes, like I said, were, were immaculate. Everything, I don't think we played a greens, except for the last day, which we'll get to, that were below like 11 and a half, which was, which was fun. Um, the second day we played at Kiwa Island. And if my, if I've done my research correctly, I believe Kiwa Island has five public golf courses and two private golf courses. We played one of the private golf courses called Cacique. I have went back and forth on on which was my favorite golf course. This might have been it. This course was, was this was the course we played the second day. I loved everything about this course. It had had artificial sod bunkers in all of the fairway lips. So looking at it from the tee, it gave such a cool such a cool picture from the tee, seeing these fairways bunkers built up with artificial sod. Um, and it was a very nice mix of, of like link style. And then it kind of got into this marshy woodland, low, low country area. And it had the second highest point in all of Charleston County. Little, little did I know going into the round and I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it, but I believe this was the course that PJ Maybank shot the course record at and won by like 20, won by like 20 shots here. I, mean, I think it's right here maybe. So as we were on the first tee, they were talking about, he, it was brought up, PJ's name was brought up because he had played an event. I'm trying to find it on the fly and having no such luck. So, yes, this, so this place was was really, 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 really good. Saturday, we played Bulls Bay. Mike Strantz, uh, one of the one of the best designers ever, that passed away far too soon of cancer at like fifty one, I think. Um, he, this place, this place probably had the best vibes, where you wanted to be there. This was like golfers' heaven. The the pro shop was in the golf shop and the um the clubhouse was proped was on top of the hill which was the highest point in charleston county so i got to see the two highest points charleston county back-to-back days felt very lucky and it was it was perched way up on this hillside with um a huge semi-circle range um and this place was allowed you to hit a lot of different shots uh very much mike strand's golf course as far as risk reward goes um Probably the I wouldn't say the worst condition golf course. It was just the condition that it was supposed to be in. So like like visually looking at it, it didn't it looked very brown, but it was just that type of grass that was meant to be. It could be brown. It played fast, um, which I really liked. And then Sunday we played Congaree, which was uh, awesome, awesome experience. And I don't I don't I've been like trying to think of how to say this. It was the course, nobody at that course made me feel like unwelcome, but it was, it was so uh, prestigious, I don't know, prestigious is the right word, but like just, I didn't feel comfortable being there. 
if that if there was there was 15 people on the whole tee sheet all day and we were the so we were the third of four groups off for the entire day it and like once again everyone was so so nice the place was fully staffed for 12 people it it had somebody like you had somebody greet you as you were pulling your car in and like and then right when you got out of the car they were there which is similar to a lot of courses but this person actually like walked you through the clubhouse and showed you where everything was like you need anything yada 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 it was so it was a very awesome experience but i like i said i felt not unwelcome because i felt very welcome but i just felt uncomfortable felt out of place felt very out of place yes and it kind of i kind of like made the connection to that course and and kukio in hawaii but the, the, the very big difference between that and Kukio was like there were 25 other guys at Kukio that weren't, weren't members there, like all for a wedding party. So this one where you just I feel like we just stuck out, like not like we were doing anything to like stick out, but I feel like we just by just had no choice but to stick out. Yeah. And then uh, Monday we just played. Monday was raining, so there were just two of us that one of one of the guys had to go back to work. Other guy had an appointment, so two of us just played uh, 18 holes at their uh, Luke, Luke, uh, his home course. So uh, Shuey and I just played on Monday 18 holes with like an hour and a half rain delay at his home course. It was nice for about seven holes, and then it rained like hell. So it, it got a little flooded. They're in low country there, so we were playing. Um, we were kind of just screwing around the last day. But overall, I – I'm exhausted, was exhausted. I was probably never been more happy to be home than I was Tuesday morning at 3.30 a.m. So that's the golf trip. uh, That's a late night. Did you have a – so what was your favorite course out of all of them? I still – I don't know. That is is so hard to answer. They're like different – I really, really like Kasik. It it helps that I was – played well i think i played well at all courses i just made a couple couple too many doubles just kind of like early in the year where i could have made a much better decision and but overall a lot of the holes i thought i played um better than i expected i think kasik was probably my favorite golf course i think congaree was the best experience I think Bulls Bay was the best time. And then Country Club of Charleston was just a little bit of everything. Like I, I, I really liked Country Club of Charleston. It was it was the one that probably looked, like I said, probably looked the least prettiest, but it was a really, really, really true hard golf course. There was a green, which we will I will look it up right here, because um, I have it pulled up. The number eleventh hole. There have been some really funny quotes about it. So uh, Ben Hogan once said, he commented after a bogey on the hole 11, your greens, beautiful, but what you need for that 11th hole is about five sticks of dynamite, which is very true because it is, like, go look a picture up of Country Club of Charleston number 11. The green, the front part of the green is on a slope that I've never seen that kind of slope on a on a rate in like the middle of the green it is so steep i made a five there and i made it look very easy um 
so and he he has some other holes that are kind of based off of uh other designs yeah i'm I'm looking at the picture of it now it is uh it almost reminds me of that hole at um Lasonia in Wisconsin that's elevated with the box car. It almost looks like this is like up. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh what was I just, so we had we had caddies for two of the rounds. Caddies are tough. I, I would not wanna I mean I'd like to be a caddy. I think that'd be fun. Having to give reads for somebody that you've just never played golf with has got to be one of the hardest things. There are a couple times where some of these reads I just felt like there's just no way and I it proved to be correct that that's just wrong and then you almost kind of see it where like the caddy you give he gives a bad read and then the caddy just kind of he's not near you for the next couple holes so one of the, for Congaree we had a we had two caddies so one for each cart and then for Kasik we had one caddy for four people and he so he had to split his time a little bit more unevenly but it was uh it's funny to see them like once a bad read happens they'll just you won't see them for the next screen. You'll, you'll be reading your own ball next screen. Yeah, and then they also probably, imagine being a caddy and you're telling a guy, oh, it's going to break right to left. I've, and he says, ah, it doesn't look like it. And you're like, dude, I've been, I've walked this course a million times. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And there were, that's where it's, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard job because you, I don't know it's hard to explain it because I you want your player to play well. I think that's that's like you you probably make more money. You, you just overall group is happier. You, the player's happier. So, and then like them trying to a couple times, some of the guys in our group hit some bad shots. You almost kind of hear the caddy make like a pep talk to the player. It's like, well, you don't really know anything about this guy. You might just, you might say the wrong word. You almost like you're walking on eggshells, kind of. It's tricky. So overall, though, good experience. You liked golf. I mean, you I know you've played golf down there a decent amount, so playing golf in that area wasn't new to you, but um, but you enjoyed the courses, everything? Yeah, just just a different different level of, of golf than what I've ever played down yeah. there. Then those are probably those four of those five courses, no offense to, to Luke's fine golf course of uh, Shadow Moss Golf and Country Club. That probably wouldn't make the list, but the other four are in the top fifteen all time, easily. I mean, they yeah. were they were really, uh, truly fantastic golf courses. I mean, there wasn't a lot of them. There was not a single uh, blade of grass out of place, um, and it was more like the the courses were all good, but the experience a lot of them were really top notch. Everyone was. Yeah, I feel like I feel like that's more of a thing down south. It's like the amenities at golf courses. I think of a lot of the nice golf courses that we have here in the Midwest. And you're not going to see like like comfort stations that are like like extravagant, right? They like they've got a lot of food, a lot of drink, like a lot of amenities and stuff. So, I feel like that's more common down south. Yeah, there was we had two of those. Uh both of them both of them are free. The one on, I still can't figure out, like, almost like they're promoting DUIs, but the 15th hole at Kasik, after you played the 15th hole, you just got a, there was a conversation and you just got a free drink, whatever you want, just a free drink. So that's only three holes left, like 45 minutes, not a super long time. 
Uh, so well, that, and that yeah, was, you've probably been drinking all the time before yeah, you got there. So, yeah. like a strange, a little bit of a strange move. I didn't quite understand that. I, I wish that would have been more like on hole twelve or thirteen. Um, I wasn't driving or anything. I was kind of thinking to myself, "That's strange." And then uh, Congaree had a conversation on the eighth hole that was very similar to Kukio, where you could just grab whatever you wanted, anything you wanted. It was, it was like. Uh, kid in the candy store they had these things called meat pies so like i feel obligated mm-hmm. to say it because i heard this so many dang times like famous meat pies at congery uh they were extremely good mm-hmm. extremely good noted yeah so yeah uh very kind of a once in a lifetime thing i don't think i will uh maybe not have the opportunity again so i'm i'm extremely glad i did it those are some very 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 good golf courses and did you uh did you get a picture with Bill Murray? Uh, I have a group picture. Yeah, I didn't get a picture with him. I feel yeah, like I no, wish I would have I mean, done. Yeah, right, right, but, right. But, but you guys then. got a group picture together. Yeah, yep. That's cool. Yeah, that'll be one you'll have to print out. That's, Absolutely, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I think, um, and that's the thing. I was like, I mentioned the the looks. I feel like at a lot of other golf trips, I'm snapping pictures in a lot of holes. I just couldn't find like they needed to be drone shots because a lot mm-hmm. of it was it was brown and. But like once again, it did not play brown. I mean, it played really, really good. Um, they kept call- the the caddies kept calling Congaree the new Congaree because it was playing slower than what it ever had before. I don't know if I'd ever want to play that course when it was fast. And I guess they have membership. They have, and they're not they're not members. Sorry, they're ambassadors at Congaree. They, whenever they send guests out or whatever, they they are not overly pleased with how slow the course has gotten. And I'm thinking to myself, like, that sounds miserable to play it because it was extremely fast already. Man. So that is my golf trip to Charleston review in the books. Now we just got to sit and wait for – actually, I'm probably going to go back to the golf course today. I went yesterday. I'm going back today. No rest for the weary. No rest for the weary. So – are they just they just don't care if you go out and hit balls i I, we won't go to the we probably won't go to the course we'll just go to the Uh, we'll just go to the back of the driving range yeah but still regardless they don't care if you go out there and hit balls no no nope we um you're supposed to have they hand out these red tags but they're more for like if you have if you're a newer member um but but and i think it's more for like if um when maintenance is out there working they would be able to see and be like, oh, you're, you're a member. Yeah. I feel so, like down here in the city, I'd get arrested for trespassing. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's extremely possible. <laughs> All right, anything uh, anything else? No, I think that uh, that is about it for me. All right. Well, uh, good luck with all your picks at the Waste Management Open, and we will talk to you guys soon. All right. Have a good weekend, everybody. All right. See ya.